welcome back to Empower, Inspire, Ignite. My name is Jamie Lee and I am your host. This podcast is dedicated to helping women make impact and income in their lives. Today's episode is going to be an interesting one, one where I think many of you are going to walk away finally feeling heard. In fact, Today's episode is about what to do when you feel like your voice doesn't matter, when you don't feel heard. So I hope that you are ready. Grab your tea, grab your coffee, whatever it is, grab a snack and get cozy with me because we are about to dive in and have this chat because we all need this from time to time. So I'm excited, get prepared and let's get started. All right, so thank you so much for joining us this week. I'm really excited about this episode. I'm really excited to dive into talking about what to do when you feel like your voice doesn't matter. And this is an important episode, probably one of the most important episodes I've done and may do because this is a topic that goes so deep in people's lives. And it's also a topic that I think is most brushed off. You know, we're at this place in society now where when when we talk about depression, people really listen, they care, they get it. But small things, smaller things that aren't as serious, like, hey, I don't feel heard in my life. Gosh, I think it can be so detrimental to us as people to not feel heard. You know, when we feel like our voice doesn't matter, it is not just a small little thing that's like, okay, that was a moment. It sits with you. And it sits with you in a way where When you're trying to live your daily life, it affects the way that you speak up in meetings, in in your career. It affects the way that you present yourself in certain arenas. It affects the way that you are, you know, speaking up and talking and communicating in relationships. Because when your life has been based on this idea that my voice isn't enough, we deeply take that in. And not only do we become hypersensitive to how other people view what we're doing, what we're saying, and what, we're, what, what our life looks like, we become hypersensitive to doing anything that would remove that realm of safety around us that we've learned to build. So what does that end up looking like? It means you stay small in your life. You don't expand. And as a being in this humanized world where we are meant to be here, these essences of light, these incredible, boundless, limitless creatures that we are, we are born to expand, to get incredible feedback. Our voices, right? We are meant to use them to change the world, to heal people. You know, I always think it's interesting that people say, you know, sticks and stones may break my bones, but words will never hurt me. And I think that is so backwards. Bones heal pretty easily compared to long detrimental years of trying to overcome phrases that sit in your brain and dictate who you become, right? The, the idea of how powerful affirmations are Take that power and and remind ourselves that that same power from an affirmation, from positivity, from a good word from someone, it holds the same power when it's negative. And if we don't address our inner voice 
issues and why we think we're not enough, where our voice doesn't, why we think our voice doesn't matter, then we end up living a life where we don't speak up for ourselves in meetings. We don't defend ourselves when things aren't true. We don't speak up in relationships when we should. And what happens is you end up in a relationship you're not fully happy in, but you don't think you deserve better. You end up in a career you're not really happy in, but we think we, but you don't really think you deserve better. You don't think that you deserve because you don't think you are enough because you don't think your voice matters because of all of these little things that you haven't addressed yet. And guys, it will literally ruin your life. And so what I'm here to encourage today is a discussion of number one, how to address it, what causes it, little things that make us feel unimportant, and then how to take back your life. But I'm going to tell you, this is not a one and done. I can't tell you how many people I've met that have all this great knowledge. And guys, I don't care how much knowledge you have or how much wisdom you have if you're not applying it. There can be all the knowledge in the world in someone's mind and they're not applying it. I can't tell you how many people in my personal life I know that when times get tough, they do not jump into any of the work that they know and they allow themselves to live in the dark space, the scary space, the depression, and they're not fighting to get over it. And I'm not saying that it's not hard, but they're not putting themselves in the spot where they're doing the daily work that would actually suppress their depression that would actually change their anxiety as a whole if they did this work every day and instead they wait till the minute they need it but then they're paralyzed by their depression or their anxiety that they're they're, they don't feel able to do the work so when i'm talking about this guys it is an everyday piece of work that you do you add it into your routine you keep finding things that feel good and you keep doing the work So that being said, let's start diving in. You know, first of all, gosh, so many people that I've talked to, whether I've talked to millionaires, I've talked to broke people, I've talked to, you know, people in my family, people in my friends' family, friends, whoever, who have all said at one point or another, there have been periods in their lives where they felt like their voice didn't matter. They were different from their family or they were... You know, whatever the situation was, they were bullied or they they never had this issue and then they got into a relationship with some jerk who completely belittled them into believing that they were nothing, right? There's always there's always a situation. I've had this experience as well. And my experience looked a little different. My experience started with I was the baby in the family and we didn't have that tight-knit family. We had a good family. Like, like my, my parents were amazing. We had everything we needed. It was great. But as siblings, my siblings never cared to include me in their lives. There was such a big age difference that for them, they were all close, but I was like the annoying one. And if I was included in conversations, it was, you know, when they were joking around and I was somehow the butt of the joke. And to them, it was lighten up. You can't take a joke. To me, it was, you literally don't speak to me unless I'm the butt of your joke. So it's not funny to me because we don't have a relationship outside of you being kind of an ass. And so to me, I was like, you don't care, you never check in, you don't really know me, but you want to make fun of me and then I'm supposed to lighten up and think it's funny. 
and I never did. And so then it was kind of like, oh, well, they can't joke with me and, you know, they're not close to me. So whatever. And I was just, I was never invited. I was never included. I was never made to feel like I fit in with them while at the same time being bullied at my school. And so I started to really take that in and think, you know, if my siblings don't even like me and my my school friends or whatever, they weren't friends, obviously, if the people at school don't even like me, then I don't matter. I really must just suck as a person. And I took that in from elementary school. Guys, that was how deep that went. From elementary school, I took that as my identity. I must suck. And you know what I did? I ate. I ate a lot. And now I understand I was emotional eating. I was eating to fill the void of not having friends. I was eating to fill the pain because I would literally leave school early for starting in elementary school because I would be so bullied and crying and I couldn't focus in class. It was terrible. And then you come home and you're like, great, my siblings probably know this. They think I'm lame, whatever. Nobody's checking on me anyway, except for my parents. So they don't really care. And it was just like, I, I was always reiterated. And it was, I felt like I was always reminded that I didn't really matter in life. Now I want to say, just to clear this up, my siblings and I are great now. It doesn't, you know, we're fine. Nothing's wrong. I get it. We've all got our things. I'm in a very different space. There's been forgiveness. Like, I don't care. But... I realized as I was going through my own journey, it stemmed so far back. And in high school, you know, I had gotten to this great place. Actually, in middle school, let's back up. I got to a place where I had defense mechanisms. I was bullied so much and people were so rude that I had like three or four friends, but I did not want anymore. I didn't want friends. I didn't want you to get near me. And so I was the person who would walk around and like, you want to look at me wrong? I would say, I would be like, do you want to fight? Is that what you want? I had such a bad attitude and it was my protection. I never once got in a fight. I was, cause then there was this part of me that was like, I'm not trashy enough to do that, you know? (laughs) So I would never get in a fight, but I felt deeply in me. Like that was my wording. And I'll never forget one instance. And now it's so funny to me because I'm like, it's so far from who I was and who I am. But it was just these walls. And I'll tell you the story. So in eighth grade, I we were taking a test in one of my classes and I had all these pencils, like a whole pencil case. And this girl next to me who had bullied me for like elementary school, middle school, like the other day at this point, you know, we're taking a test. She sits next to me and she's like, hey, can I have a pencil? And I, I mean, I was almost in disbelief and I was like, are you freaking kidding? And she was like, what? I was like, no, you can't have a pencil. And she was like, seriously, come on. I don't, I have to take this test. Like I don't have one. And I was like, that's not my problem. Get your own. And I was like, sucks that you forgot, I guess. Go get, go ask the teacher or whatever. And she was like, you literally have like 12 on your desk, please. And I was like, no. And my teacher walks over and he's like, what is your guys' problem? And she's like, she won't let me have a pencil. And I was like, no, I won't. And he's like, Jamie, give it. I was like, no, do not take, do not give her a pencil. And he's like, okay. And he has me come out with him. He's like, let's talk about why this is really stupid. He's like, I like you, but what the heck? He's like, this is a pencil. And I'm like, no, it's not about a pencil. And I kind of told him, you know, I was like, she's literally thrown me into lockers, called me names that you wouldn't imagine coming out of an eighth grader's mouth. And I've never even hung out with her once. She just hates me. 
And now we, she needs something and like has the audacity to ask for a pencil. I'm sorry, I would love her to fail her test. No, she can't have a pencil. And he was like, okay, you know what, actually? He goes, this is probably crazy. I'll just give her a pencil, but no, you don't have to give her a pencil or I'll let her go to her locker and get one. And I was like, thank you. And so I walked back in and she's like, so, and I was like, nope. And he was like, nope, you can't have her pencil, but you can go get yours from your locker. And the disbelief, she looked shook. And I, I loved it. I loved every minute of it. But that was like a very small instance to compared to like somebody would say something and I would just be like, what are you looking at? And guys, that is so far from my personality. It's like weird to have those words come out, but I realized how much now that that was my defense mechanism. My voice didn't matter, so let me let me be physical. You want to fight? Let's fight. I've never been in a fight, but that was my attitude. I don't know what I would have done if I got in a fight, guys. I really don't. <laughs> probably would have lost. Probably would have got whooped. But I just, you know, I was so built up with anger at everybody. Why does nobody care about me? What did I do wrong here? And I was bullied for being fat. And I was fat. Let's be real. I was fat. I was a fat kid. But I was fat (laughs) because I ate everything in place of discussing how I really felt and how I felt unimportant. And I know how many of you right now are going, yes, that's me. That's what I've been through. That is what I've dealt with. So when, when I went through that, once I was in high school, it flipped. I was like, I am not this mean person. And honestly, at this point, some people probably hate me because I am mean. I've become one of them, one of those bullies. I've been them. What the heck? That's not who I want to be. That's not who I am. But it flipped and I became the most, the biggest people pleaser on the planet. I never wanted opinions too strong. Nope, I feel how you feel. Yep, I agree. Mm -hmm, That's what I think. Guys, I had no voice still. Even though I was nice to everyone and I was liked and I had lost weight and I was hotter looking, I also really never became too in touch with who I was until I like my senior or my junior and senior year. But my freshman year and my sophomore year, it was all about like, just like me, please like me. I don't want high school to suck too. I hated elementary school. I hated middle school. And I'm like, I don't want to look back and literally dread all of school. And there were some friends that I still had in middle school for some friends, you know, and actually three of them I'm friends with literally today, like still, but it was tough. It was this weird balance. And then finally in high school, you know, later on, I started to find myself a little more, have opinions, all of that stuff. But yet still, I didn't really ever deal with what it was that I wanted. And you know what? I thought I got over it. And there were years of my life where I was like, I'm totally over this. I feel incredible. This is great. I know who I am. Until I tried to start my business. And every insecurity flooded up. Every insecurity would hold me back. And I'm not joking. I would start it. And guys, I would find my way back to struggling. I would find my way back to having reasons, excuses. And then I was doing a meditation one day. And as I got more into routines and healing and understanding where I'd been and what I needed to work through, it it became really clear to me. But it took me so many years And even just two weeks ago, I had this huge epiphany in my life, maybe it was a week ago, where I realized 
that so much of me losing my businesses the very first time I did because of my investor, when that happened, every insecurity flooded back up. And what has held me back these past couple of years was me genuinely feeling like I proved everybody right. Everyone that thought I was a loser, I thought I proved them right. Everyone who thought that I couldn't do it, I proved them right. And it has eaten at me internally for years. Thinking, I'm not enough. I can't fix this. Nobody cared enough to, you know, really check in much. And I was telling Corey, who's my boyfriend, this the other day. It was like, nobody wanted to really come to my launch party. My friends did, yes, but like family-wise. Nobody asked me questions. Nobody wanted to get to know any of what I do, what I'm trying to do. I asked for guidance from someone in my family, never responded. I was really trying, yet the minute that it fell apart, they all had questions. And I felt like such a loser. And it's and it really occurred to me that every time I've tried to restart, I would start passing out. And this is really interesting. This may be over some some heads right now, but I think you're going to get it soon. We attract things that make us feel protected within reason. We attract situations and events into our lives that keep us where number one, we believe we're worth, and number two, that make us feel safe. And obviously me passing out and having, you know, I have a brain disorder or whatever, when that When that stuff acts up, obviously it's not really safe, but something that happens is it's a really good spot for me to know, well, I can't do much in these areas of my life and in these timeframes because I have to sleep as much as I can. If I get a concussion, I have to take care of myself. I can't really work. I can't do this. I can't do that, blah, 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 right? And as I was going through this uh, deep mind training with one of the top coaches in the country, she says, Often, we attract our health issues or we attract other issues that are more, you know, related to us. It's always individual when we are not feeling aligned with what we're doing or when you're aligned with it, but you're afraid of it because it, it means something negative to you. And she was like, for me, it would be when I failed, this is how I felt. So every time I try to restart, my body and my subconscious attract the thing that knows will stop me so that I don't feel that pain again, equaling me passing out. Obviously the situation is real, right? Like I'm physically passing out. My health issue is acting up, but I'm, I'm attracting it to me more so than I would if I wasn't dealing, you know, if I wasn't going for that big dream. And I've been on this journey and why am I sharing all of this? Number one, I think someone out there needs to hear that even people who have tons of wisdom and a lot of knowledge and eight years in business, like myself, we are always working through things. I am so far from perfect. It is all about God's grace, the universe's timing, and me putting my all into my dreams and constantly getting better, addressing things, really diving deep. You know what? It is no joke. The hardest work you will ever do is the work that you do to heal yourself. And you want to be really attractive in this life? Heal. Heal. Go back into your insecurities. Apparently, 
Guys, I didn't even realize it until literally like a couple weeks ago when I was in this deep training. Every time I try to restart, my health issues start back up. And this correlation was so obvious, yet it didn't seem quite like that, but it was like, wow, nothing's happening to me. It's happening because it thinks it's protecting me. So if I can address my fears and let go of what my family thinks, what friends think, what people who aren't my friend think, and I can accept, I can forgive, and I can move on, I'm going to be able to chase my dreams and have amazing things happen without attracting a safety net, which is my health issues arising. So all that being said, I know how many of you, because I get messages after these podcasts going, you literally said what I've lived through and it's creepy. I know how many of those messages I'm going to get today after this is posted and and over the next couple of weeks because so many of you right now are saying I was bullied or my siblings felt made me feel like this or I dealt with this or you know what I tried to start that business and my whole family treated me like crap and every time I tried to start again I would literally get the flu I would get the stomach bug I would get something and it would constantly postpone me I would lose my job and all these weird events started happening and maybe right now you're saying yeah that's happened and you're actually thinking that it's because you're not meant to do that no 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 In fact, you are probably so meant to do that. This is even more concrete. But the thing is, is the closer you get to your truth, your body's going to try to protect you. Your brain is going to try to make you think. For some of you, it's not going to be health issues. It's going to be something else. It may not be sickness, but it's going to be this whole other world of things that start to happen when we get into um, this mindset of trying things that are too big for us, right? We start to get a little bit nervous. We start to get a little bit scared. We start to get a little bit uncomfortable. And so then we start attracting weird events to protect ourselves. Because like I've mentioned before, our brain doesn't know the difference between fear of, you know, death and life and fear of something that's just a really great opportunity but takes more risk to do, right? So, and that, by the way, fear is determined by what you think fear is. If Corey and I do all this work in our lives before we get married, before we have kids, to become the strongest, happiest versions of ourselves, the most successful versions of ourselves, and the selves that have invested the most in our minds, fear to our children is going to look vastly different than what fear looked like to me, right? Because maybe fear to me looked like going out on a limb, going against what my whole family might think is traditional, and doing something for myself that feels really big and scary, like starting a business. But to my kids, starting a business is going to be like something they do by seven, seven years old. You know what I mean? Like that's just going to be how they live because their fear level is not that, but they're going to have other fears that we're going to teach them to address. But it takes that understanding that for you, fear may just look like getting so uncomfortable to be so different from your family, to take a whole different realm that everyone in your family and life thinks that they know better than you. And it's going to take you overcoming all of that. But you, when you ad- kind of arrange the fact that you feel like you're already having to overcome all these fears and you add in the fact that you feel like your voice doesn't matter because it feels like it never has, that is a lot to overcome. But first of all, you can do it. Second, you're worth it. And third, I've got some ways to go through that. There are four. So I want to dive into that. And I just want to say, However many of you want to message me and tell me 
what you're going through, please do. Because that is what I love to respond to. I love those messages. I love feeling like I'm helping. So go ahead and tell me everything. I love it. (laughs) But today, here's where I want you guys to get your notebooks. These next four things that I'm going to tell you guys to do. This is how I've overcome. And by the way, continue to overcome. This is an always ongoing life battle. This is how we heal and move forward. I may be 30 before I really deal with all of it, right? But guess what? At least I'm dealing with it. At least what my kids get out of me is going to be different than what they would have had I not tackled this. So this is what matters. All right. So the first thing is I want you to say that you acknowledge and take in that emotion that you feel around your voice not mattering. Accept that you feel that way. Acknowledge it. And why is that important? When you acknowledge that you feel insecure because of X, Y, and Z, when you dig enough to go deeper and say, back when I was seven, this incident happened and it made me feel small. And since then, I've kind of like lived in that bubble. When, whatever that looks like to you, whether it was the boyfriend who treated you badly, that was your first boyfriend, and it changed the kind of dynamic that you thought you were worthy of, whether it was your parents maybe actually being abusive, maybe it was siblings maybe that bullied you, maybe it was kids at school bullying you, maybe it was both. Whatever those little things were that started to diminish you as a person that made you feel unimportant and made you feel like you shouldn't speak up because it would be stupid... You need to not accept as in take in, but take in and accept as in you're, you're alerting yourself, your conscious brain to say, I now know what has stopped me from getting that promotion, having better relationships, building that business. I get it now. I acknowledge it now. I accept it now. I see it now. But guess what? In that step, Guys, that means we get to move forward and we get to freaking heal it, okay? So as much as it may hurt you guys, I sobbed for hours, okay, understanding these things. Not because I was sad, but because it was like this release of finally almost hitting the nerve that I never wanted to hit, really You know, because let me tell you something, guys. You could be as positive as you want. You could do a lot of healing on all the other things. But if you have a big thing that's underlying that you're not healing from, guys, I was still waking up with thoughts of what people would say about me. And then I would get over them faster. I learned to move on faster. But yet still at night, I would be haunted by that a little bit and be thinking, gosh, maybe I, I shouldn't do it. And it really kicked my ass. But touching that nerve was like, wow, what a release. Oh, what a release it is, okay? (laughs) And it just makes you understand like, wow, I am worthy. I can do this. It matters. I matter. This is why this little thing, this emotion, this thing that happened when I was younger that has continued to, you know, interrupt my greatness. That's what it is. And when you can see it for what it is, That is how you move forward without it. It's how you let go. But if you don't acknowledge it and dig deep enough to say, okay, what's this? What was that? What was this? Where where is the pain hurt here? What's going on? Why do I feel this way? When you do that digging and then you acknowledge, okay, 
I don't blame anybody. I'm not upset with anybody. I don't need to to put a, a name on it. I am definitely held to the no, not a victim. I am not that. But I can absolutely acknowledge that these situations caused this emotion in me and caused me to act like this. And so in acting like this, I have stunted my growth in my career, in my relationships, in my life, in my best version. And you know what? It's time that we level up. It is time that we fix that. But it takes acknowledgement and the wisdom to be able to go back in your life and say, it's, it's, it's time, guys, it's time. And that is what you're going to do. So that's number one. Number two, I want you to ask a hard question. Is the idea that your voice doesn't matter, is that true? Because I'm going to tell you how quickly you disprove the fact that you think it's true. Every situation that you have maybe, let's say you didn't speak up in a meeting. You didn't speak up to that boyfriend. All those things, right? You're, you're more meek, shy, uncomfortable. How many times have you actually tried to speak up in confidence? And most times when I've asked my clients this, you know what they say? Well, I haven't really because I'm not confident enough to speak up. And I'll say, so then you don't know that your voice doesn't matter. You don't know that your idea wouldn't have changed the whole company. You have no proof either way, right? They're kind of like, yeah. I'm like, okay. So... That means it's not unshakably true. And what is unshakably true is that you get to change, you get to grow, you get to be better every single day. So not only is the fact that you think your voice isn't important, that's not even true at all. Because your ideas could have been changing everything. You could have communicated with your boyfriend and fixed your whole relationship. You didn't try. So you don't really know. Or you did try, but you did so in a meek way, in an unconfident way, in a way that made everyone else second guess what you were saying. And that's because of things that, what, you're going to heal. You're going to heal those things. So, meaning, again, it's not really unshakably true. And okay, did God design you weak? Because I'm going to tell you right now, no. So, your connection to the divine, you were made. You were just as important when you were made as everybody else. So, when you were, so if that's true, then your voice not mattering can't be true. It literally can't. Like, it just keeps disproving itself. So when you can understand that it's not freaking true, then you start to go, you know what? It's not true. Maybe I feel that way, but it's not really true. That's like me saying, okay, so do you real, is it unshakably true that McDonald's is healthy? (laughs) I mean, you're like, obviously not. It's like, okay, but okay, if you're going to eat, if you're going to have, you know, a dinner with broccoli and you know, some carbs and a burger, what's the difference, right? If you have a burger and some lettuce and then some carbs, which are the bun, what's so bad about that, right? So you can kind of make it true, right? Well, I guess it's not too bad. Yet, you know for a fact that it's crap. The same way that you know for a fact that you were created to be amazing, that the divine made you for a reason, And that you have a voice that is meant for things. The fact that you have dreams, and I don't mean dreams when you sleep, I mean visions, goals. The fact that you're able to picture yourself doing better things than you're doing now. You know deep in you somewhere, even if it doesn't feel on a conscious level correct, you know right now that that's because 
You're worthy of it. You're capable of it. The vision was given to you. It was already yours. So now you have to realize, okay, well, the fact that I can even envision, that means that my voice does matter. So again, we disprove that. Keep disproving it to yourself. And think of all the times that you've said something and it made a difference, even if you were surprised. Surprised by it. You sat in work and you had an idea and somebody goes, yeah, that's a great idea. Yeah, thanks. And you move on. And they're like, you're sitting there like, what? That was a good idea? Oh, okay. Think of all those times. And then think of how many times for real did somebody tell you it didn't matter? Now, I obviously might say something like, well, I was bullied, blah, blah, blah. But you know what? I was little and there were a lot of things that were silly. Okay. But since I've been a little bit older, has there ever really been a time where my siblings were like, you don't matter? No. God, no. I have siblings that would die for me. We may not be super, super close as best friends, but it's very different from when I was little. Okay, and if I can keep disproving all these facts that go into my life to say, none of that's really true anymore. Maybe even back then it wasn't true, and it felt more true then, but... I can find a million ways to discredit all of these deeper beliefs. And I know that you guys can too. So keep disproving it and really ask, do I really believe my voice doesn't matter? Or is it just accumulation of situations that have happened? But I I know my voice matters. Do you speak confidently when you're by yourself and you come up with really great ideas? All of that, those are all little things that tell you, you have power within you. Your voice matters. You can make change. You just have to believe it. Number three is journal. And I don't mean, normally when I say journal, I mean journal out your goals, journal out your dreams. But in this case, I actually mean a burn journal. So what is a burn journal? A burn journal, (laughs) say that three times fast, y'all. Like, take a break and say that three times fast because... Burn journal, burn journal. (laughs) Sounds really funny. Anyway, so when I'm talking about a burn journal, (laughs) what I mean is I want you to write out pages of your pain. I know that sounds really exciting, just real riveting, I'm sure. But here's the thing. I have done this, and guys, you're going to cry. You're going to touch on nerves. You're going to hit some things. But I'm going to tell you something. Writing all of it out, writing your truth writing that you've been angry at this specific person from the playground on this day. (laughs) Write all of it, okay? Write the situations that happened that hurt you. Write out everything that you can think of that has been a part of this pain. From the time I was little, I was this, this, and this, and this. I felt like my siblings did this, this, and this. Then I moved to school and I was bullied there and it made me feel like I never mattered. And then when I was included, I was really just the butt of the joke and blah, 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 blah. And all this stuff comes up for you and you're able to address it and get it out of you. Because what we don't realize is you may know that you feel that way, but how long do you just let it sit there? and not really go there. It's like, yeah, I, I, I was bullied or whatever. And you, you outwardly say that you've moved on. But if somebody dug deep enough, you would be crying about it right now. And you know it. And some of you are right now. And when I really allowed myself to go there, I lost my stuff. I was crying. And I think it's important to acknowledge the fact that writing this stuff out in the truest form, your your real feelings, the anger, the frustration, 
it moves it from internally adding problems health-wise, mentally, stress, anxiety, depression, and it gets them out. Louise Hay says something I absolutely love, and she says that disease is not just sickness. Disease is dis-ease within the body, meaning you are not at ease with yourself. And when we're not at ease with ourselves, we can't heal. And instead, our bodies are so out of whack and so out of ease that we create cancer, we create diseases, we create issues, health problems, stress, anxiety, depression. And it's only within acknowledging and getting out of your dis-ease and getting back into ease with oneself that you really get to heal. And so when we talk about journaling it out, I am really saying like, Grab a journal and write the angriest, grossest things that you feel inside. Allow yourself. Take time. I took a couple days because you know what? Once you kind of get going on some things, sometimes you're like, you almost have to force the thoughts out because they're so deep. Guys, we are very, very talented as humans at pushing things down, man. Like if that was a competition, humans would win. We can push our feelings down so deep. It's not even funny. And we can pretend they didn't exist. And so much so our brains are so talented at protecting us that it's why some rape victims forget they were raped and they remember later. Because the trauma is so severe, our brain says, nope, I'm not letting you go there. You won't make it. And they hide, your brain will hide it from you, almost like a filing cabinet. And then you'll remember it later because a situation arises or something triggers a memory. And that's why people come forward so much later. But when we, we can do the same thing with deep emotions. And so you may not even, you may think a long time ago you dealt with something that you didn't really deal with. But if you look at the life around you, there's a whole lot of chaos going on, a whole lot of issues popping up. And you kind of live in this issue bubble of things like, for the most part, things are good, but man, this keeps coming and back into my life. Why? Do you get sick a lot? Do you, you know, keep losing a job? Like both, like, what is it? What are your things that you're dealing with and how do you address them and how do you overcome them? And so when you journal it out, you get to dive into your real emotions and move through it. And then the burning part means you get a, you literally light it on fire. You tear those papers out and you light it on fire. The reason this is powerful is it's a tangible expression of letting it go and killing those bad emotions off. I addressed them. I acknowledged them. I asked myself if it's true and I journaled it out. And when I journaled it out, I was able to then tangibly go burn it and release the emotion that is powerful there's power in that watching all those negative feelings go up in flames and make it special don't just burn a fire and have friends over and like throw your papers in and like forget about it let it mean something when you're sitting there say affirmations pray go spiritual play beautiful music Create an environment where you're healing. As the flames are burning that paper with every little piece that is burnt off, close your eyes and imagine yourself releasing those emotions as the paper burns. I no longer feel this. It no longer serves me. I release. I release. I release. It is so healing. So now you've burned the, dirt, you've burned the journal. You've gotten out your emotions. 
you've dealt and acknowledged your emotions, you know that it's not true, but you're allowed to still feel. And now, the last part is that you affirm. Every day, I want you to affirm to yourself that your voice matters. Your voice matters. Except for obviously, I want you to write that my voice matters. My voice matters. My voice matters. My voice matters. Because your voice does matter. And I think it's really easy for us to think that these small things such as, you know, affirming that they sound silly to us sometimes. But I am telling you guys that the more and more and more that you can affirm my voice matters, my voice matters, it starts to just be second nature and it starts to become something that we deeply believe. So keep affirming that, keep pushing toward that, keep addressing it. And maybe you come up with a better affirmation. Maybe my voice matters doesn't sit with you. It doesn't really resonate. It doesn't feel like what you want it to feel like. So instead, what you should say isn't just that my voice matters. Maybe if it doesn't resonate with you super great, then instead you say, not only does my voice matter, maybe it's something along the lines of, I have a powerful message to share with the world and I am worthy of sharing that message. I am the only one that can do it. And you repeat that to yourself. But you got to say what feels right. Find the right affirmation and say it every single day over and over. And guys, I'm not saying that you have to like, I found affirmations sit way better with me when I actually sit there and say them randomly. Like I'm about to go into a meeting. That's the affirmation I say. I'm about to go and do something scary. That's the affirmation I say. And they sink in a lot better then than when you're just kind of like saying it over and over and over and then you forget about it and you're trying to like schedule it. Like I really use it in real life situations and allow it to help me. So guys, before we wrap up, the thing I really want to share with you, I guess the other thing I really want to share with you on this topic is the understanding that you actually are so, you know, obviously we've talked about, you know, we're each powerful beings. We're meant to be here. But when we talk about caring what other people think, that is a really big thing that stems from when you feel like your voice doesn't matter. You care a lot what somebody else has to say about you. You care a lot about somebody else's opinion on you. And it sits with you and it it hangs out with you and you're just like, oh, this is so frustrating. I want to remind you something. There's this great little quote, it, it kind of is funny, but it says, you know, you could be the ripest, juiciest peach in the world and there's somebody who doesn't like peaches. Really meaning that you, you could be the best person, the best version of you, the version of you that you think the whole world's gonna love and there will still be people who don't like that version of you, which is why the only opinion that needs to matter is the one that you hold of yourself. That is easier said than done. But that starts by remembering like, you know what? Why am I trying to be like anyone else? Because in the end of the day, honestly, I could turn into whatever version they, I think they'd want and they still may not like me. I'm just not gonna be everyone's cup of tea. My message just isn't gonna resonate with everybody. There are gonna be people who listen to this podcast and go, this is stupid and pop on off. I have to be okay with that because this isn't for them. This is for the millions of other people. And I want you to put something in perspective. Even if every person that you personally knew in your life, let's say a hundred people didn't like you, 
That is literally not even a tiny drop in the hat compared to the billions that are left out there. Whereas if you share your message with them and you get honest with them and you're being yourself, authentic you, the you that makes you happy, your message is going to resonate with millions of other people that become your friends, your lifelong confidants, and a huge tribe of people that you change the world with. And you know what? Those hundred people, you're like, who? Who are they? Because you're in a much different place mentally. So don't forget that it doesn't, it does not matter if a hundred people, a hundred people that you know personally literally don't like you because at the end of the day, you can do whatever and they still may not like you. Whereas when you're authentically you, you attract really good people. You attract really good energy and you seem to only attract the people who match with you instead of attracting a bunch of random people that don't really match with you. And you end up helping so many more people. Guys, that is all for today's episode on Empower, Inspire, Ignite. My name is Jamie Lee. Thank you so much for joining me on this episode. Please be sure to like, share, and keep downloading the episodes and staying with us week after week while we build this community of amazing, incredible women looking to be their best version and create impact and income. I will see you guys. Actually, I'll talk to you guys next week. And bye, guys. Thank you.